when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Farm Talk with Dairy Gold Quality Feeds. Trusted by generations of farmers. Dairy Gold Quality Feeds. Putting your animal nutrition needs first. Welcome to our program. I'm John O'Connor. Coming up, focus on calf rearing in major 17-page supplement in the Irish Farmers Journal this week. John McNamara, Chagas Dairy Advisor, Cork West, looks at nitrogen, slurry, calves, grass and other aspects of current agriculture. But our top story, Liam Leahy, Dairy Gold, Cork East Area Sales Manager on the forthcoming Tillage Conference. John, thanks very much. It's our Dairy Gold Tillage Conference uh, 2019 taking place in the Corn Event Centre for my next Monday. That's Monday the 28th. From 2 to 4, the main event will take place. And from 1 to 2, preceding the event, we have an extensive range of stands from chemical companies to fertilizer companies to seed companies that all support us in the industry by and large. And they are going to be there to take any individual questions from customers on matters arising from past experience. But, you know, it's a huge event for us. Uh, looking forward to it. It's our third year with this event now and has grown from strength to strength. So we're really looking forward to this and we put a lot of work into it, John. You know? I would say if a person had serious issues that they wanted to discuss in private, I think they'd be better served to be there before the event. But they will be there after the event. Now, we, we generally uh, will serve some food and sandwiches after the event and people tend to move to the area of the hall very quickly. So I would say they will be around after the event but for the you know, I think they'd be better advised to come prior to the meeting. That if people have a particular issue, they might be very happy with the product, but on the other hand, there might be some problem which, uh, after discussing this with the company supplying the product, well, then they might find, well, they've got a solution, or they can talk to their dairy gold, uh, local dairy gold people, and in that way, a person could get great value on a one-to-one basis. That's the reason why we have invited those people to the meeting and they also learn an awful lot themselves in the meeting of what customers are looking for and they build their knowledge around the cost, uh, what customers tell them on, uh, at events like this so it's a two way interaction between customers and the suppliers and they're very supportive to us and have got great value out of it in the past and I have no doubt that customers if they have individual issues that they'll be dealt with very professionally and very uh, privately at this event it needs to be. 
feedback, a feedback tune from, we might call it market researcher, analysis of customer needs, but the feedback you get in a conversation one-to-one and then to know you can go into the main meeting and hear a great deal more about your sector. Feedback from both sides, immeasurably useful, and you can ensure that by giving good information, good feedback to the company representative, you are perhaps improving a product or or tweaking a product, even though it might be an excellent product, you're going to help make it even better still. Absolutely. We're all living off one another in different ways. The speakers that we have lined up for the event are here for that very reason as well. Some to to depart some very important information, but more to learn what market requirements are. And again, we have put together a very professional uh, table of speakers, and we'd like to think that they're they're going to depart a lot of very important and constructive information. And I have no doubt that they get as much back from the floor in a good, open, interactive meeting, which we've had in the past. And this this has been the success of our events, that they've been very informative both ways. Speakers, you might please mention to our listeners the names of the speakers. Just before I do that, I'll just maybe give a quick background to the event. The event is this year is, is I suppose, has the team of Dairy Gold supporting sustainable tillage. And what we do in events, have done in the last couple of years, is we just pick a few items that we feel are real topically rewarding and need to be discussed in great detail rather than having a very open forum meeting with everything being discussed left, right and centre. We tend to narrow down and focus into greater depth than some other meetings do. So in this event, we have our first speaker will be Andy Dial. You know, he's no stranger to, to anyone I'd imagine in the room. Andy Dial from the Farmer's Journal, a very, very esteemed journalist and commentator and who has a very balanced view on many, many things. But he has the gift of being able to look at it both from the grower and the trade's point of view and has huge respect from the floor. Now, his, his paper is going to be very specific on dealing with protein crops and the future of them and where they're placed in modern agriculture today from an Irish point of view. Um, he's going to deal particularly with beans and sire. Sire is something that's coming down the track. Maybe not quite here yet, but it's coming and we're going to get an up-to-date from, from uh, Andy on that. He will also co-chair the meeting, by the way, and uh, he, he will be able to interact with any other conversations that go through the course of the evening. The second speaker will be Kieran Collins, and he's going to nicely tie in with Andy because he will speak on the agronomy of beans and, you know, all that happens at farm level, what we need to do to achieve uh, best yield and best practices. But his second paper, which is crucial to us, is the whole area of producing quality grains, particularly barley, for the malting company, uh, for the malting industry. Now, we have a big interest in that in Dairy Gold, as we own or co-owned the malting company of Ireland, who are one of the major supplies to the distillery DLI in uh, in Middleton, Jimison. So that's known as MCI um, and IDL, the Irish Distillers Limited. So we have a big interest in this. And I suppose this is where the meeting sprung out of three years ago, is that we had difficulties in getting quality grain. But with great work that's done over the last three years, we have a very, very high success rate now. So that has been a success. Then we have, leading on from that, a speaker 
that I hadn't heard before, I must confess, Tracy Creasy. And she's works with Syngenta in the UK. And she's very attached to their plant breeding house. Uh, she's their marketing manager in the UK and Ireland, but she's extensively travelled through Northern Europe. And her main focus is to select varieties which have traits that are positive to producing quality grains. But that's now been extended further, and she's going to discuss this in some detail on Monday, and that's the whole area of breeding disease-resistant into varieties as our arsenal of chemicals keep reducing year by year. This is going to become crucially important, both from a fungicide point of view, from an insect point of view, and she's going to deliver what they're doing at that in seed houses at the moment, and the Syngenta seed house. And our final speaker will be James Nolan from Alan H. Hall. And he probably has one of the most difficult tasks on the day. He's going to review the market over the last 12 months and look at it, look at the market, the grain markets of what's happening in the next 12 months, but with particular emphasis on what Brexit, how it can affect the markets. It's an awfully difficult task. But knowing James, he's going to give it his best shot and it'll be very, very interesting to hear what he's to say. So that's a kind of a summary of, of our speakers, uh, John. The theme of your 2019 Dairy Gold Tillage Conference. Yeah, the Tillage Conference is a very simple theme. Supporting sustainable tillage. And that says it all in its own right. We're trying to deliver messages that will support sustainable tillage. That's sustainable business at farm level as well as our own level as well as industrial level. And this is by identifying crops, working with them, developing them, marketing them. And this is uh, something that we'll all achieve together. Not any one of us. It's, it's a giant effort. So supporting sustainable tillage, that's what it's all about as a group. When we talk about herbicides and controversies raging uh, glyphosate, the future of glyphosate and the bees, neonicotinoids, and, uh, and God knows how many more there are down the line. But when we talk about sustainable farming, well, then that lady from the UK, it'll be very important to hear her contribution to that debate. Absolutely, and this is why we uh, selected uh, Tracy uh, this year to deliver this paper. I mean, the plant breeders probably have one of the most important um, jobs in the tillage going forward because we aren't going to start losing more chemistry. It's very, very hard to defend chemistry, especially when you have a very green uh, green lobby group in the UNO. And I'm not for one minute condoning that saying that they're right or wrong, but that's the way it is. So we got to use every tool in the box to try and make farming sustainable. And if that means breeding plants that are more resistant, we got to weigh up their production and their the production of the crop. We got to weigh up of the quality of the crop. It's, it's very complex, it's a very complex system. And I'm sure she's going to throw a lot of light on that on Monday. We must all live in as best environment we possibly can. And, you know, science is an awfully fast-moving business. And, you know, this is why those scientists are going to be here present. They're learning from what farmers want. They know the pressures that are on business. They know the pressures that the environmentalists are putting on the business as well. And it's just a question of to try and steer our way through these very difficult times. And I've no doubt we will steer through them. And it's important that Tracy, the likes of Tracy is coming to Ireland and to hearing the concerns that farmers in, in Ireland have because this, in a week's time, Tracy could be in Norway. Tracy could be in Denmark hearing a different story. So, you know, these are very important people and it's important that these meetings are well attended, well supported 
and you know with the proper interaction from the crowd good constructive interaction that's what makes meetings positive and uh, reward those that are at them lessons which we hopefully learned from last year disastrous weather but on the other hand i'm sure there were some things we learned from last year's um, terrible conditions which will help us in the future once we know what can happen and then we can be in some way prepared but again all against the background of this Brexit business this whole Brexit thing is is frightening to think about it at this present moment and look I've no doubt that this whole Brexit thing will settle down too after a while but it's causing an awful lot of concern and anxiety among farmers and even among, among the trade and businesses as well but you know the sooner this thing is sorted out in some bit of of clarity putting the whole thing the better for everyone but just at the moment this is where we are and we've just got to develop best farming practices in the most safest and sustainable way maybe not overexpose yourself to big market fluctuations where they are present in the market but you know they're decisions that are made you know every day by farmers and also themselves in many cases and this will be discussed by I've no doubt by James Nolan and even Andy Dyle, or, or even the full top table will have an opinion on this. And I, I think it'll be very interesting to, uh, next Monday to get the, the vibes coming across from the top table because they are the people who probably know best or have a, a much a greater insight into those topics, John. Speaking to Mr Liam Leahy, the Dairy Gold Area Sales Manager for Easter Cork, please remind our listeners about the event we've been talking about, the date and venue and time, and of course, very important, about the trade stands before the conference itself. This is the Dairy Gold Tillage Conference 2019. The team that is supporting sustainable tillage, very simple, supporting sustainable tillage, and it's going to take place on next Monday, that's Monday the 28th of January, at the Corn Event Centre in Formai. That's the Cork Mats Corn Event Centre. The event itself will take place from 2 to 4, with our four speakers, who I'll just uh, repeat their names, Andy Dial, Kieran Collins from Chagas, Andy Dial Farmer's Journal, uh, Tracy Creasy from St. Genti UK, Plant Breeding Specialist, and James Nolan, who's a grain trader for Ireland here, Charles. And there will be a, a selection, an extensive selection of trade stands on the site uh, from 1 until 2. And again, after the meeting, they'll be present uh, where people can visit them on an individual basis to talk any individual problems or aspects of their business they'd like to discuss with them on a one-to-one basis. And I have no doubt for those who will attend, it will be a very, very worthwhile, uh, work, uh, worthwhile event. And we're looking forward to seeing big crowds there, John. The success of it and the whole importance of it has been well recognised at this stage by the Department of Agriculture now as they are, they are credited with as a KT event, which is very, very important for those who are involved in those schemes. It's a, it's a credited KT event as well. Thank you very much indeed, Mr Liam Leahy, Area Sales Manager, Dairy Gold Cork East. Thank you, Liam, very much indeed. Joining us on the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme, Mr Richard White, PRO for the Cork West Ploughing Association, with results from Kilmeen. Uh, thank you, John. Yeah, um, well, I suppose our season so far has been blessed by the men who were very kind to us with the weather, very good. And uh, Kilmeen Ploughing Association held our 80th annual match on Sunday last January the 20th at Gale Rossmore um, on the lands of John Bottomer by his kind permission. And uh, it was an excellent side, grand drive, 
uh, plenty of space and an excellent day out, and there were uh, 42 competitors in total and, and a great day out. So the, the results are as follows. Uh, senior tractor, first, Kevin Coakley, second, Jim Grace, third, John Murphy, fourth, Jackie O'Driscoll, fifth, Dennis McCarthy. Intermediate class, first, Johnny O'Donovan, second, Stanley Dean, and third, Dennis Murphy. On the 28th class, first, George Kirby, and second, Aidan O'Donovan. On the 21 class, first, James O'Sullivan, and second, Eno O'Farrell, and in third, uh, third, Andrew O'Donovan. The mockery class, uh, first, David Welsh, and second, Keane Harrington. Uh, the ladies class, first, Rachel O'Driscoll, and second, Ellen Nahan. The three pearl class, first, Chan Cohan, second, Matt Coakley, and third, Michael White. The senior reversible, uh, first place, George Coakley, second, Liam O'Driscoll, and third, Michael Witchley. The three pearl reversible, first, Patrick Welsh, second, Dan Hurley, third, Joey Creedon, and fourth, Timothy Lawler. The under-28 reversible, first, Florence Witchley, and second, Conor O'Farrell. Uh, the two for a hydraulic vintage, uh, first Dennis Cummins, second Michael Welsh, third Michael Ryan, fourth Marashihi, and joined fifth Mike Comey and Leslie Wolf. The confined hydraulic vintage, first Eta Wiesema, second Pascal Cockton, and third John McCarthy. The single pole class, first was Gordon Jennings. The trailer vintage, first John Wolf, and second Vincent Bennett. And the horse class, first was John O'Donovan. And uh, that completes the Camino results. And on tomorrow Sunday, um, Carmore Plowing are having their 65th annual match. It's being held on the lands of Geoffrey Witchley at Ardorath Carby. It's the same ground as last year, and it's uh, an extremely dry field, and it's, it's looking very well at the moment. And um, entries uh, are to be in by 6 o'clock this evening to 086 that's 0863397009. And it's the same location as last year. And an excellent site. Thank you, Richard. Mr. Richard White, PRO for the Cork West Ploughing Association. Many thanks indeed. Thank you very much, John. You're very welcome. Cork IFA Grain Meeting. The Cork IFA Grain Meeting will be held on Thursday, 31st of January 2019, in Vienna Woods Hotel Glanmeyer at 8.30 p.m., the meeting will be addressed by Mark Brown, IFA National Grain Committee Chairman, and also Pat Farrell, IFA National Grain Executive. Details of some upcoming National Sheep Conferences 2019. On Tuesday, 29th of January 2019, at the Tullamore Court Hotel Tullamore, and also on Thursday, 31st of January 2019, at the Clanree Hotel Letterkenny. That's the National Sheep Conferences. There is also a National Hill Sheep Conference 2019 and that's taking place on Tuesday 19th of February 2019 at the Glendalough Hotel in County Wicklow. So, so that's the National Sheep Conferences and the National Hill Sheep Conference. Over 1,000 jobs, 5 stages, 65 speakers and over 50 exhibiting companies at the 2019 Agri-Careers Expo. 
The biennial Agri-Careers Expo will be brought to you by the Irish Farmers Journal and Devonish. It takes place on 14th of February 2019 in the main hall in the RDS in Dublin. Attendees will hear from over 65 agri-food and drinks industry leaders such as Pat McDonough, CEO Supermax, John Concannon, CEO JFC and Caroline Keeling, CEO Keelings. Further information and registration if desired at www.agricareers.ie Agri-Careers Expo, 14th of February, 2019, RDS in Dublin. IFA National Rural Development Committee Chairman Joe Brady has advised farmers who have not yet lodged their ANC appeal to do so, please, without delay. Around 700 appeals have been lodged by farmers representing the townland on behalf of all or most of the farmers in the townland. Appeals are in for 460 townlands. Joe Brady said it's important that farmers would be provided with all the information relevant to the appeal and that the process involves ongoing analysis, reviews the information on how the area was actually assessed and gives a time scale for the completion of the appeals decision process. Joe Brady advised farmers who are appealing to tick the ANC box on the upcoming 2019 BPS Basic Payment Scheme application, which will qualify them for payment should they succeed with their appeal. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 
This year's Chagask National Tillage Conference is set against a background of reduced yields but higher grain and straw prices in 2018. Responding to future challenges is the theme of the conference 2019 and it'll take place on Wednesday 30th of January at the Lyrath Hotel in Kilkenny. The increased uncertainty of Brexit and its potential impact on the sector will also be covered during the day. Speaking in advance of the conference, head of the Crops Science Department in Chagask, Dr Ewan Mullins said, Topics covered this year relate to some of the key questions facing growers like, for example, what does the future hold for crop protectants? Can we breed disease and climate-resilient crop varieties? What are farmer attitudes to integrated pest management, IPM, and its adoption? There will also be a session of research snapshots covering the management of oats, beans, and oilseed rape, the continued prevalence of grass weeds, conservation tillage, and avoiding soil impaction on the headlands of fields. Speakers at the conference include Guy Smith, Deputy President of the National Farmers Union, and County Wexford Tillage Farmer John Cullen, the 2018 Tillage Farmer of the Year. Farmers attending the conference will have the opportunity to learn about ongoing tillage projects which Chagask has underway with both its national and international partners. Posters on the project will be accessible throughout the day to provide updates for growers and to those working in the industry. Further information available from the Chagask site. That's the 2019 Chagask National Tillage Conference taking place on Wednesday, 30th of January at the Lyrath Hotel in Kilkenny. Councillor Bernard Boynton, Canturk. We've organised an event for James O'Keefe Institute on the Market. It's on the Monday the 28th of January at 8pm. The purpose of the meeting is to give information to farmers, both beef farmers and dairy farmers, with regard to the outlook for 2019. We have Paul Smith, who's the chief economist for the ICMSA attending, who's going to outline to the meeting all the different um, projections for 2019 uh, we're going to the meeting is going to be about looking forward to see what's going to happen in 2019 with regard to milk price with regard to the price of beef and obviously the big uh, I suppose elephant in the room that's all over the place at the moment is Brexit debt or the whole idea of the vulture funds and so forth at the moment we'll be dealing with that issue and how farmers should approach it this meeting is, is organised we have Paul Smith we also have uh, the management of, of Cantork Mart who had a very successful year uh, with uh, 30,000 cattle going through the Mart will be in attendance but the meeting is essentially uh, uh, to enable farmers to get information for their business going forward but uh, you know we, we need to deal with the issues of milk price and the price of beef I mean the price of milk uh, the outlook for milk is quite positive this year. Thank you Councillor Bernard Moynan and that meeting is taking place at the James O'Keefe Memorial Institute Newmarket on this coming Monday night 28th of January 2019 starting 8pm. Mr John McNamara, Dairy Advisor with Chagask in Cork West, joins us on the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme. John, first of all, welcome to the programme. I understand there are a number of very important events you want to remind our listeners about. There is, and John, if you don't mind, I'll start with one right up in your own territory. Emer Connery above in Cantork office is having a farmer meeting on Friday the 1st of February at 11 o'clock. She's doing stuff, very good stuff, which as regards water and water quality and biodiversity down by the river. So she's meeting at John, John's Bridge in Cantork this day week, Friday the 1st of February at 11 o'clock. And John, if you'll permit me, I'll go from there probably to... There's two national sheep conferences on next week, but the one that's more applicable to us is on Tuesday, the 
the 29th of January in Tullamore. If anyone wants to find out more about any of these, get onto your target office on Monday, who will update you on the time starting and all that type of thing. But the Kentork one is 11 o'clock. Uh, on the topic of nitrogen, what would your observations be for our listeners? Yeah, and John, once upon a time, I better not say the following because it's so non-PC at the moment. I'm quoted down here in Bandon of saying, as soon as you have the turkey eaten, put on a bag of urea. And that's probably 10, 15 years ago. And now we've got a lot more nuanced about that. And we know that you don't need all that amount of nitrogen to get grass to kick off. We'd be saying as soon as you can move, which was back, was it the 13th or, or the 15th of January, move away with a half bag of urea. Now, some people have done that. For those that don't, you would up that amount a bit, but you don't quite need to go to the bag where some people are tempted to. And remember, nitrogen in spring takes a while to work, so you do need to have it on, you know, ahead of what you're grazing it. So at the moment, John, we'd be saying, look, you're, you're I suppose, in my sort of language, you're saying a strong half bag, which is pushing up nearer the three quarters of a bag of urea. And I put it across everything, John. You know, people are saying we've high cover there. High cover of grass actually makes it safer because the grass will take it up and you'll need, okay, cows will eat that grass, but they'll dung it back down again onto the ground. Now, the only exception to that is you've low cover. Or in fairness, a lot of people are using a trail and chew to apply slurry on ground where they wouldn't be happy to put on slurry because they'd be sticking on the grass and cows might be in there in a month and they don't want to, to do that. So they're putting slurry on low covers and low now meaning what? Or it varies maybe up to five, six, seven hundred of a cover. And then after that, they're looking at using a trail and shoe. If you do the slurry, John, then you can save that half bag or the strong half bag urea and it doesn't need anything. The slurry is doing the job of, of the urea. And we're getting ready for grazing. And if conditions stay anywhere like what they are at the moment, we're going to ha- we're starting off, we're kicking off into a great spring this year. Any further final comment on slurry to wrap up on the topic of slurry? Yeah, I, I, I suppose once upon a time, John, maybe at the start of my career, it was a thing that was sort of a waste product and we wanted to get rid of it. Now very much we realise you know, the value that's in it. Uh, is, I, my, old, my figures now I start carrying my head is something like 0530. And in fairness, in spring, I can go 10530. There is nitrogen in it. And in this type of muggy weather, it's absolutely perfect. You're getting most of the value of that nitrogen. There's more actually nitrogen in it. But what you get is about that 10. So it's 10530 approximately, you know, an N, P and K on it. And the perfect conditions are going on when you have, as someone said to me during the week, when you have the wipers and the tractor on intermittent, it's not so heavy that it might wash off, but it's sticking the slurry down in the ground and making use of all the nitrogen in it. Perfect conditions, it's valuable material, and more and more we're looking at that as valuable material in recycling nutrients made on the farm back out onto the ground that made it. An ideal environmental situation. Now, turning to calves, any comment on calves? People are gearing up for the calving season. Yeah, I, I, I didn't invent this one, John, but it's, I, in even my old tick head, I've managed to keep it in the head. This calf thing and colostrum at the start of the year is all about 3-2-1, and it's nearly getting us on the starting line to take off because most lads are about to start or have started calving. And where the 3-2-1 comes from is... And in fairness, I think it's Animal Health Ireland, AHI, came up with this, and it's a great sound bite. So three litres of milk or more, three litres of milk, you want to get it into that newborn calf within two hours. That's our two, 
and you want it to be the first milk from the cow because the quality of the first milk can is very, very high as regards colostrum, so it's given a lot of protection to the calf. And as you move away from that milk can, obviously it has less value. You can store colostrum in, in the fridge and it says top quality for the first 24 hours. After that, it starts dropping in quality, meaning the level of protection is, is, is not as good. So lovely sound bite, three, two, one. I even keep it in my head and it really gets calves off to a good start. We turn from calves to grass. It's been a mild winter up to now. So a bit of grass growth going on. Oh, John, it's great. Like, like we were all very nervous and worried last October, November, where we were as regards fodder situation on a lot of farms. And if we'd had a hard winter or, or a late spring, you know, a lot of people were going to be under pressure. Now, we're a long way to go yet, but isn't it marvellous to see how mild it is at the minute? and the amount of grass that's out there. And let's not be pessimistic and say we need good weather to graze it. Lads, we have it in the first place. Let's get grazing it. A key point, and this is coming from the Moor Park lads and that, and it makes sense. You want to get a certain amount of ground grazed in February because it's the ground you graze in February that you want to let grow for the whole month of March, you know, half the part of February and the whole month of March, so that that ground is available for you in April. If you don't graze some in February, you won't have it coming back. It takes work, but at least it is getting cows out. You're getting a break out of the shed. You'll get the chance maybe to scrape down cubicles or do lime cubicles without cows inside her. Now, if cows go out with an appetite, and we don't mean hungry, you know, it means that the ideal thing is they probably run out of silage at 6 o'clock in the morning, they get their milk in, and they're going out the grass, and they have an appetite. And then... In fairness, they will do a lot of eating in the first hour. They'll eat nearly two kilos of grub in the first hour. So two hours out, you give them what they have to do. You leave them out there if conditions are good. But if the conditions are bad, the minute they stick their head up, stop grazing and start walking, you take them in. And that's where it has got the name of on-off grazing. Most of us haven't done it since last February, March. So we tend to forget about it. It works. Let them out with an appetite. Give them what you're going to give them. And when they stop and start moving, take them in. Because it's the walking around, looking for the more grass is when they do the damage in general, not when they're with the head down grazing. Thank you, John. Mr. John McNamara, Dairy Advisor, Chagask in Cork West. We'll have more from John in the midweek edition of the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme between 10pm and 11pm on this coming Wednesday evening. Adam Woods, beef editor, Irish Farmers Journal, looks at some of the topics covered in the special action-packed 17-page calf focus supplement in this week's edition of the Irish Farmers Journal. Yes, John, we've a very busy period coming up on Irish beef and dairy farms. We've over 500,000 births. They're going to happen on Irish farms over the next uh, four weeks. So this week we've looked at everything from a calf point of view and we've, we've got that much content. We've actually made it into a two-week series. So next week we're going to continue on with, with more information on calves. We've looked at genetics, profitability, health, nutrition uh, and some mark prices as well as regards how the first calf sales are, are starting off. Now, very important. Again, there would be great interest in the whole concept of this uh, launch of the DBI, the Dairy Beef Index, and talking about dairy calf to beef systems. That's something that's often the subject of uh, debate. Now, over the last couple of years, I suppose, we've seen a deterioration in, in the, the carcass conformation and the carcass weight uh, from the dairy beef animals that we have from our dairy herd. And that's as a result of 
possibly dairy farmers doing a very good job in their choice of bulls that they use on their dairy cows. And that's short gestation and easy calving. But unfortunately, those two traits aren't correlating well with carcass weight and carcass conformation. So that has led to a deterioration in, in the carcass weight and conformation in our dairy beef animals. And we need to tone that around because if our beef farmers uh, aren't killing with the carcasses of, 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 that are heavy enough, they won't make money. So we need dairy beef farmers, dairy farmers to change maybe some of those bones that are still easy calving, but they have a good, we'll say, carcass weight confirmation uh, mix in them as well, and to get them to change to using those bones to try and make, we'll say, beef, the finishing of those animals more profitable from the beef farmer point of view. I suppose there's a whole sustainability issue there, and some honest questions need to be answered as regards the route that we were going, maybe with cow size coming down, EPI is probably driving down cow size. So then the byproduct from this is our, is our dairy calf or our dairy beef calf, and we have to say, it's not just a dairy problem, it's not just a beef problem. I think it's everybody's problem. We need to come together on this one and talk to each other about it as regards to the bulls that we're using on the dairy herd in order to let the beef farmer make some money on them. When you produce a very healthy, fine calf, you don't want to trip or fall at the last fence because there are new calf transport rules that people should be aware of. Yes, that's it. I suppose the Department of Agriculture have brought in some new regulations. We're actually going to go into detail on those. Uh, Darren Carty is going to cover those in next week's supplement. But, yes, yeah, something to be aware of. Farmers need to be aware of those. And in terms of the, the movement regulations that are there at present, in terms of a, a calf having a dry navel, in terms of a calf being healthy, in terms of a calf getting out of it, adequate colostrum and Tommy Heffern the next week our journal vet is going two pages on I suppose calf health and what we need to look at in terms of calf health of course, uh, Tommy Heffernan, in previous interviews on the radio, he has spoken about the importance of ventilation, and we also have this week uh, talking about ventilation on pages 58 and 59 of the journal Supplement on Calves. We have building specialist William Condon looking at some small changes that can be made to calf sheds to improve ventilation and, of course, calf health. Yes, and this should be of interest to, to farmers calves this spring. William is, is used to profiling maybe some new bills and, and new sheds around the country but this week we've taken a different view in terms of changes that can be made and this, this is very cheap work that can be done. It might be just a case of, of pulling off a side sheet to increase the ventilation. It might be a case of putting up some stock board on a gate to eliminate low level draft. So some small changes that can be made uh, inside the farm gate to try and increase the health of those calves. Look what we've seen in the past where Everything goes well and, and, and there's no problems on farms where, where, there, where there are no sick calves. But where there are sick calves, that puts a big pull on labour and it also puts a big pull on profit. If we have to treat sick calves, it's costly. But the labour element of it, there's so many calves coming down the track of us over the next four to six weeks, we cannot afford to have unhealthy calves on farms. Now, farmers will see milk replacers, various types of milk replacers uh, being offered and all kinds of advice. But Aidan Brennan from the journal Aidan gives a very good overview, analysis and, you know, comparisons with the various milk replacers available. Yes, I guess every year, I suppose, people get, I suppose, uh, information on, on, on milk replacers out there. But Aidan takes a very sort of comprehensive look at it and, and compares them all on, on, on equal footing in terms of protein content in terms of what their constituents are, and very importantly, in terms of euro per litre based at 12.5% solids, in terms of how much that milk replacer is costing the farmer. So, so there are different prices on a bag, but it, maybe it depends on mixing rates. So Aidan has done a lot of work on that in terms of looking at it, in terms of what the mixed rate is, and then how much that is costing. Something, again, of, of, of a great use to farmers. I can see that table being pinned up maybe in farm offices around the country when they're making their choices around milk replacer.
We qualify everything by saying we don't know what's going to happen with Brexit. Brexit is on the tips of everybody's tongue, everybody's tongues at the moment. But regardless of Brexit, whether Brexit happens or not, or whether it's a hard or a soft Brexit, cows will still calve, and a lot of cows will still calve over the next four to six weeks. And really, we need to be conscious of that. What happens outside the gate, we say we hope the politicians will see sense in that, and they'll do what they do well in terms of negotiation, and we'll get a positive outcome for Irish farmers. But in the meantime, we need to look after what, what we're in control of, and what we're in control of is keeping calves healthy on farms, keeping live calves, and making our systems work uh, over the month of February and March. You refer to Chagask work, which has been done on dairy calves and the true worth of a dairy calf, and you have a sobering set of figures, not a very long commentary, but you have a sobering set of figures to show, you know, with the typical Holstein Frisian bull calf, and you might just repeat that, that, that bit of core information when we talk about price, to bring it home to people. When you're buying animals, that's when you've got to bear in mind what you're paying. What are you going to get back on this animal you're buying now? I think it's fair to expect that every farmer that that carries out a job or rears an animal from two weeks to two years of age deserves to get a margin out of that calf. So Chagas has done some work on this and looked at 200 euros of a net margin per head as being, I suppose, an acceptable level of margin on that animal. But we can work our way back then. We know what that animal will be worth at the end of two years. We know what the costs will be to take it to two years. So then we can decide, well, what can we afford to pay for that calf. And yes, you said it's sobering, and maybe it's a little controversial, but if we take a Jersey Frisian cross deer finished at 24 months, uh, we're looking at, I suppose, the carcass output from that animal of being €986. But our costs, when we add in that €200, we'll say labour charge or net margin, we're looking at 1121 And it doesn't take a mathematician to work that out, John, that 1121 and 986 the difference there is €135. So that means that a dairy farmer, in order for the beef farmer to make money, must hand over €135 along with the the car of that animal in order to make money out of that. I suppose that's just showing where we're going as regards the genetics in our dairy herd. And I suppose we need to maybe turn that round a little. If we take an Angus heifer calf, it's more positive. If the average value of that calf, a farmer can afford to pay €125 for that Angus heifer calf. But we've seen this week in Bandon, we've seen it in Kilmallock, uh, prices in excess of 200 250 €300 Euros a calf. We have to ask ourselves the question, are those farmers going to make money? And is that, I suppose, a, an economic, sensible thing to do in terms of paying that money for those calves? Speaking to Adam Woods, your own article there, page 48 of the Focus, what price can I pay for a dairy beef calf? And people can reflect on that and read that journal. And to give people a bit of a boost and to give them a bit of optimism for the future, we have an article there in the journal, part of the supplement. We have uh, Kieran Maley saying, roaring calf trade at Ballymena. I suppose a good price is abandoned too. Yes, I suppose that those early calf sales generally start off very well because possibly there is some value in that early calf and that uh, that calf, when reared, it's fully able to say, graze for the season. But really, I would be saying possibly calf prices are staying. If, if, if I look at it from an, e- an economic point of view, calf prices are, are a little high at the moment and I would be saying to beef farmers, err on the side of caution here in terms of uh, the price we pay for beef calves. But I would recommend people absolutely get this 17-page calf focus. So thank you very much indeed, Mr Adam Woods, Beef Editor, Irish Farmers Journal. I appreciate Adam, you're very busy and thanks for taking time to talk to the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme. Thank you, Adam. Thanks, thanks very much, John. And that's our programme for this morning. I'm John O'Connor. Thanks to John Foot on Controls. And as always, a very special thank you to you, the listener, for tuning in. Have an enjoyable weekend. 
The next Farm program is on this coming Wednesday evening between 10 p.m. and 11 p.m. Farm Talk with Dairy Gold Quality Feeds. Trusted by generations of farmers. Dairy Gold Quality Feeds. Putting your animal nutrition needs first. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.